No, that, it sounds okay. like a car. I'm not going to do the impression. Okay. It sounds kind like, of like, oh, it's like, Ring. yeah, it's kind of like, but better than that. That, that wasn't like good. A car. No, that wasn't good. <laughs> we'll play the audio, All right? right? Might- we'll find it and play it, plug it in instead of my <laughs> terrible impression. No, odds are you just made the open. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Human Element, Kara's podcast on finding a little bit of humanity in modern marketing. I am so excited to have Carrie DeGroot, SVP Sales Research and Analytics at Pandora. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Good. How are you? And old faithful. Not that you are old, but you have been here many times. I'm having a birthday soon, so I'm getting older by the day. Haley Boss, SVP Head of Strategy and Insights here at Kara US. Haley, thanks for coming. This is the third time. Yeah. We're getting you a fancy jacket. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I knew you'd be excited. Um, also, just a shout out to the great folks at Edison Research because they were also involved in the work that, that we're going to review. So let's kind of jump in. I want to just start. Let's contextualize the work that you guys have done uh, with this research. So at CES two years ago, Sarah Stringer, our head of innovation, Kara, and I were walking the floor, the showroom floor, and we noticed there was a lot of new smart technology that was around designing for people in different spaces with sound and with light. So for example, there's like Nest and smart lights and smart speakers, but what happens when there's actually more than one person in the room and who do you optimize for? So let's say Robert Carey and I are all in the same room like we are right now. Whose song do they pick? Whose playlist does the room pick? Uh, What temperature based on what I like versus what Robert likes versus what Carrie likes and what level of light? So that got us talking a lot about designing for different experiences when there's multiple people in the room and a lot about co-listening specifically. Then we started talking with the team at Pandora and we, we were just like had a lot of questions. There weren't a lot of answers. And that actually kicked off the conversation around doing this study together on co-listening. So this almost was a year ago that we kicked off this conversation and we know that all the other mediums out there do pick up co-viewing and the correlation with when people are with you, but we knew that there wasn't anybody or anything out there really picking up co-listening. So this is how it all originated. That's how it all started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was sort of, how did you decide what to do next? You kind of had an idea, but how did, how did you sort of say, okay, let's, do something or how are you going to construct what it is that you were going to do? So we started off actually creating a list of questions around who's listening together, where are they listening, what are they doing? And then based on that list of questions, our friends at Pandora, who are obviously the experts in audio, looked at a few different partners to help conduct that research. Right. So we went to a few different vendors and RFP'd them. They came back with some thoughts and proposals, and we went with our friends from Medicine. They kind of lead in the audio space, so we felt like it made the most sense. Yeah, they do a lot of work there. They Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And then from there, we continued to keep meeting and tweaking the survey because at the end of the day, what we ended up deciding on was to do a day-in-the-life diary. So Mm. someone was literally recording what they were doing for 24 hours in the audio space. Sort of Nielsen-esque-ish in the old days. Didn't they used to do it that way? They did. They actually still do it for their minor markets. So you've got your questions and you're sort of like, all right, let's go out and, and see what we find. So the question then is... What did we find? We found out a lot. Some of it, we, I think, confirmed hypotheses that we had. Like, for example, parents listen together as a household more, kind of liken it back to back in the day in the 1950s with the radio and people gather together. That's actually happening now more. 
because of smart speakers and parents are becoming a little bit more aware of the screens in their homes and trying to have a little bit less screen time. So it's been a nice replacement for that. So that How's was that something. Going, parents? How's that, was that just going? A, that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. yeah. As a parent, it's going well. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going so well in my house, but we're, <laughs> we're working on it. Like Haley said, I think it was more uh, validating what our hypothesis already was so that the co-listening factor is real. And I think one thing that did surprise me was how real it really is. 37% uplift is happening because of co-listening. And I don't think we thought that percentage was going to be as high as it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This is what I do to all of our poor guests who show up here, which is I immediately throw it into my own life and sort of figure out, all right, does this make any sense? Does this resonate with my, you know teenage condition in our house? And the short answer is yes, right? Like there we we there is no doubt that there are lots of times where, you know, my kids do their homework in the kitchen. And when they're there, there's music on because God forbid they do homework without some other distraction, at least. And that means if I'm in the kitchen or the little living room that hangs off the kitchen, I get to listen to, you know, whatever kind of fantastic Migos-oriented garbage or Khalid or who's the other one? Juice World? I don't know Juice World. Juice World, my friends. Mm. Juice World that they're listening to. So it's, I mean, it certainly matches up with, you know, what I see in my house all the time. Was there anything surprising that you guys found? The thing that was the most surprising to me was how many people are co-listening from a gaming perspective. Been looking a lot into gaming recently for some of our clients and just as a, you know, area and passion point that's really blowing up. You and up. I have been down this gaming road I before. know. Don't, I can't stop. I'm, now I'm obsessed <laughs> with I played Fortnite for the first time, by the way, last week. And, and? I wasn't that bad. I was better than I expected. Okay. So they're playing a game and listening yeah. to something. So what's really interesting is it it could mean either gaming and there's other people in the room with them or also they're streaming and sharing digitally. So they're actually co-listening digitally, which I find really fascinating because I never that really thought about that before. Right, because a lot of times they're not in the same spot. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So they're sharing a list and saying, hey, you listen to this while I'm listening just, to the same thing. Yeah, or just flat out streaming it together. So Carrie, from... From your perspective, what are the implications for brands? Another Mm. thing that we learned that was surprising was that there are differences with co-listening in terms of our audiences. Mm. So parents are more co-listening in the home. And we saw with the Hispanic segment that their number one location was in the car. Another implication for a brand, and this was something that was very surprising to me too, is when we think of co-listening, I think we think at times that that means multitasking, and that's sometimes a bad word in Mm. the ad space. And what we saw was that when there was co-listening happening, 60% of the time a message was breaking through. They could actually recall what that ad was on a device. Were there significant differences in other ways between demographic populations? The ones that I'm speaking to are the ones that we saw that were different than the general pop. So it's a higher index than the general population. You got it. Okay. Kids doing anything different? Parents saying that they listened with their children Mm. was quite significant. So I would say kids are definitely either listening to what their parents are listening to or vice versa. Well, we in know your how- household, the kids Juice World. Rule That's all you need course. to know. Juice World. Juice World. So let's sort of branch out a little bit then. You know, audio has obviously become a, a massive thing, and audio in all contexts. 
What advice, Carrie, do you have for brands in and around the audio space more broadly? So, like, what are the kinds of things that they should be thinking about? That all audio is not the same and you need to treat it differently. Mm. So don't just rip a creative that you were going to put on AMFM radio and just try to repurpose it on an audio streaming platform. What makes us unique is our targeting and our scale. And you can niche your creative to make sense on an audio streaming. If we can go after soccer moms because of this breadth of data, then let's have a message that is talking to soccer moms. How much of that customization are you seeing brands actually do? I would say that's one of the number one reasons why someone would buy Pandora. Okay, so on a percentage basis, you'd say the vast majority? Yes. Okay. And what kind of context does that take shape as? Do you have like an example? More often than not, let's say auto. They're looking to go after new car owners or someone that wants to become a new car owner. I should say it that way. We can actually target people that are in the market to buy a new car. Right. So, Carrie, from your perspective, do you have a favorite example of uh, a brand doing something in your platform in the audio space? I think I can even, like, up-level it one to more categories or verticals. We're seeing in the CPG space, for example, how we're really integrating the audio and the sound bed into the creative. And I think that's the best use of putting a creative on someone like Pandora to making it feel more natural as if you're barely listening to a creative, it goes right from your music into another music that just so happens to be talking about a brand as well. What are some of the bigger challenges that you both see that brands are facing in this space? Are there are there things that are obvious or there's yeah. some guardrails? Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest issue that I personally see is that audio is an afterthought. So Typically, when we develop strategies, those are then translated into big TV films. They're just now starting to move into mobile a little bit. We'll see some cuts of what that creative idea could look like on, you know, an Instagram ad. But I still think there's huge inroads to make on seeing what that idea translates to from an audio standpoint. So it's not getting the level of prioritization either from a strategic or a creative perspective. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. I don't believe that audio is part of everybody's marketing playbook. And yet it's a really, really, really scaled opportunity. Um, Americans spend four hours now a day listening to audio. Including AM, FM, radio, it's the number one channel. So why is that? I think video became really sexy. Um, (laughs) Social became really sexy. Video is also expensive to make. And I think now we're just starting to see a lot of momentum within the audio space with smart speakers and skills. And I think translating that to how can that actually build a brand in an effective way and have best-in-class creative accompany that is going to be the next frontier for brands. And we're starting to see like clients like MasterCard with their Sonic logo. Um, Actually, Formula One just came out with the Sonic logo as well, which was amazing. They took a three and a half minute song and consolidated it to like 1.5 seconds. They just like shrink the song down and it sounds so cool. It's, It's like perfect. It was a Chemical Brothers song, and I would highly recommend listening to that. It's really fun. So when you kind of think about where brands should be thinking next, so it's un, it's under-focused on, it's under-prioritized. Let's workshop three steps. What are the three steps, Carrie, that you would recommend if you're sitting here talking to a CMO from XYZ product company? What would you tell them? We need to start thinking about when you can't reach 
consumers by a screen, how you can reach them by audio. So that would be the first one. We need to make it top of mind and like Haley mentioned, not an afterthought anymore. And the third is we need to make the creative unique to the experience. Mm -hmm. So do you have the same three, Haley, or you want to tack on? I start with who's your audience? How are they listening to audio? Are there specific genres, artists, places that they're listening? And then from there, craft a strategy based on what you're trying to accomplish. This is the Dr. Phil part of our uh, our podcast. If we're offering free advice, what would we tell them? I would also say work with Pandora on a, having a creative um, workshop. They do some really amazing workshops with brands. They've been working in the audio space. They specialize in it, obviously. So take advantage um, of that. Take advantage of that. Yeah, they're more than happy to partner and they know what they're talking about and more than willing to work with your creative agencies to help them get stronger in that department. I'm just so glad we've made it this far and not said the word MOGO. I think I may have said mo. No, I said musical logo. I didn't you did. Use the you word said logo. sonic logo. Sonic logo, okay. which is so much better than mogo. All right, now yeah. I know that's your trigger word. I got about a couple hundred thousand, but <laughs> that's fine. I'll add it to the list. Yeah, yeah, it's a long list. Last question, then we're going to get into the lightning round, which is in theory shorter uh, answers to quick questions, but never works out that way. Why do you love this business? And by this business, I mean you know the marketing advertising space writ large, Carrie. So I don't know any different, to be quite honest. <laughs> I Right out of school, I, I've been in it. I grew up in it. I'm going to age myself. I grew up in cable mm. and then moved over into the digital space. What I love mostly about digital is because of what I do, which is data and research. I love the breadth of the data, mm. and you can really only get that at a digital company. Yeah. So, Haley, you've answered this question a couple times, haven't yeah, you? Do you I have a new so. answer or are you going to stick no, to your No, I think one? it's still the same, just that it changes all the time. And I love that. Every single day I wake up and I look at my little news feed and I'm like, oh, cool. These like 10 things are new today. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round, Carrie? This is big stuff. Woo, ready. Bring all it right. on. So Haley's done a lot of these before. So we'll, we'll stick with you and then we'll throw new ones out to her. Favorite digital experience, not your own. I'm obsessed with the Elizabeth... Holmes podcast. <laughs> okay. By far the best. Really? Piece Why? Piece of content. Well, she's cray-cray. A little bit. It engaged me for the full 120 minutes. Which is a lot. Which is a lot. I'm going to have to listen to that one. I, I saw the HBO so. special, yes. and the next day I dressed exactly like her. Good for you. But on accident. It was like subliminally. Yeah. It's a really good example of how like we flack to like cray-cray yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. We love some crazy. Since obviously we're talking about audio and we have Carrie, you representing Pandora here, do you have a favorite genre or a favorite artist? Or if you, if you were to whip your phone out with Pandora right now, what would be kind of the top spot? So we that have you what to? we call like stations, but obviously it's not really a yep. station like Z100, yep. right? So my favorite station is Backyard Barbecue. Backyard Barbecue. You That's got a popular it. one. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, do you listen to that in like February too? Kind of. Really? It's yeah, like it transporting makes... you to sunshine. Exactly. I was I just going to say that. I love that. Haley, do you have a favorite station on Pandora? Like Funk Soul. Funk Ooh. slash Soul. Yeah, my daughter's really into it. Really? Yeah. 10 months old, loves her some Funk Soul. Okay. We don't get a lot of Funk Soul in our house, but I do get Juice World. Yeah. And what could possibly be bad about <laughs> Nothing that? Nothing could be better than Juice Thank World. you, Charlotte, for Juice World. Okay, best piece of career advice you've either given or received, Carrie? I think like a lot of people, my biggest fear back in the day was public speaking. Do you mm. know that that's like the number one thing said even before death? 
Really? Yes. Mm. This is the biggest fear that so people crazy. have. Mm-hmm. And I had a mentor when I worked at Turner. Yeah. And she said something so simple but sunk in, and it kind of like took away my fear of that when I was going up there on a stage event to present, that there's nobody in that room that knew the content as much as I did. Right. And no matter what I said, even if it was wrong, they'd never know. Yes. And when she said that is when it clicked yeah. and it kind of just went away. Low risk. Low risk. Yeah, there's a couple things in that. One is you know a lot more than you give yourself credit. And two is the rest of the world really for the most part doesn't. It's those two things that go together. Uh, that oftentimes we're talking to uneducated populations on particular things that we are reasonably educated on and as they say, you know, I don't need to outrun the other person. I just need to outrun the bear. Right. Or it's how you say it with conviction and they just say, well, oh, that's that makes the sense. other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get up there and you make declarative statements and people believe you. Sadly, we see that every day too. So I'm going to throw another curveball in here in, in an effort to get uh, Haley to answer. So, Haley, as you think back on your youth, was there a particular musical artist that was most influential in your teen years? Oh, my goodness. Ja Rule. <laughs> Ja Rule. Yes. <laughs> I love Ja Rule. <laughs> Is this pre-Fire Festival Ja Rule? Yeah, or? definitely, definitely. H- have your feelings on Ja Rule changed since the Fire Festival? Uh, just no, nothing but respect for Ja. Really? So yeah. Ja is He's innocent. He's trying to make that money still, I get it. He's innocent. You don't hold him accountable for that disaster at no, all? No, he probably didn't know what was going on. So it's not his fault? I don't think so. I think he was just a prop. Like the pigs on the island? Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Wow. I, that is an interesting take on Ja Rule. I find him slightly more responsible for that whole mess than you do. But. It's because he has a place in my heart for my high school years. <laughs> is there a favorite Ja Rule song? No, all of them. All, every single well, no, one? <laughs> all of his hits. All of his hits. That's why we call this the lightning round. I do have a favorite digital experience, though, that's not audio related. Yeah, okay, go ahead. So Instagram is actually testing no likes. So it actually doesn't show the number of likes that you have. And I think it could actually change a lot of issues that kids are having right now. As the father of a 15-year-old daughter, it is staggering to me. And a a 15-year-old daughter who I think has a pretty healthy view of the world and a pretty healthy level of self-confidence. Again, I think that's always a challenge for kids and Unfortunately, I think especially for for yeah, yeah, especially kids, for though. for uh, especially for for women, um, it blows me away how much she cares about that nonsense. Um, who and why and did they put a comment in and is the comment o- sufficiently over the top to make her feel like they actually sort of meant? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole. It's the whole thing is bananas. Yeah, I think like should be illegal. It's my political platform. So going like free. Like free in 2020. <laughs> Do you have a view on like free? I have boys. Ah. And how old? 10 and 6. All right, so you're not in the darkness yet. Believe it or not, my 10-year-old boy really is into like social media mm-hmm. and stuff and Fortnite mm-hmm. too. Oh, not a lot sure. of play Fortnite. Yeah, yet. The one and the same. Yes. And he's already trying to record himself on videos and post it out there in space. And he's coming to me already about (laughs) how many people are watched him, listened to him. So it does matter, and it is a big deal. And when he is watched by more than one person, that would be mom, (laughs) he's excited. Yeah, it's a validation. It's a validation. Yeah, it is a validation, unfortunately. So last one here in the lightning round. Uh, 
thing people should know about you that they don't? I'm from Michigan. What okay. you see is what you get. <laughs> I'm a, you That's know. why we get along. Michigan for life. Yep. Where in Michigan? Outside of Detroit called oh, really? St. Clair Shores. Okay. I married uh, my high school boyfriend. Really? Yes. Brought him over here. And <laughs> I like the way you said that, like like he's <laughs> from a foreign country. Yes, I, I married my high school boyfriend and I brought him here. I He was an immigrant with me <laughs> to New York. I really do feel, though, that the Midwest and the East Coast are two different worlds. They definitely are. I think my values are still the Midwest and my friendships yeah. mean everything to me and my family. And You're a Michigander. Michigander. I love that you said that. So uh, as somebody who wound up uh, marrying a woman I met in the seventh grade, I certainly... Now, we never dated in mm. high school, but I, I certainly can relate to that. I cannot thank you both enough. Carrie, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Haley, thank you again. Yeah, uh, where can people find this stuff if they're interested? Where can they find sort of the, the best accumulation of this? So Pandora for Brands. Yes. On the Pandora end. Yes. And then we're also pushing in and doing a little road yeah. show at Kara uh, and Densu. If you'd like to find out more, please reach out to me, Haley Poss, and we would love to share the work with you. Awesome. I can't thank you enough. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of The Human Element. Uh, please find us anywhere you find your pods. And if you feel so motivated, give us a like or perish the thought. Subscribe. We'll be back out to you real soon. <laughs>